we're going to talk today about a couple that got together in a really unusual way from hundreds of miles apart and, uh, and how important that is to our faith story. Let me give you a little bit of a background on that. Um, it, since we started this Genesis study, we've talked about God had this plan to create a perfect world that would be populated with human beings who would live in fellowship with him and one another. But by the third chapter in the Bible, man messed it up. So God had to choose to clean things up uh, through uh, really drastic means and uh, saved the world through the family of Noah. One of Noah's sons, Shem, uh, becomes kind of the line of promise to, uh, to take care of the redemption that was promised in Genesis 3.15. Generations later, as we've studied about the last couple of weeks, generations later, Abraham, as Abram, was called to leave his homeland, and he did so carrying the promise of becoming a great nation. Last week, after many years of receiving this promise, Abraham and Sarah miraculously conceived Isaac, and he would be the heir to his father's possessions and to this blessing. Sarah dies. And after that, Abraham has really one other uh, final task, a really important task, and that's finding Isaac a wife who would continue this bloodline and pass along the promise that God would one day crush the serpent's head um, in, in Genesis 3.15. Now, since Abraham was wealthy, he was very respected in Canaan, he could have really uh, forged an alliance with any one of the people groups in Canaan and chosen Isaac, a wife from there. But he really believed that this was much more important than just doing some political alliance. So, instead, he determined that it would be God's will that Isaac's wife would come from his own relatives hundreds and hundreds of miles away. And he sends in the chapter that we're going to study today a servant to choose a wife for Isaac, a wife whose family would be willing to let her go hundreds of miles away to Canaan to live for the rest of her life with a, with a family they've never met, she's never met, but that are kind of interconnected. Now, finding that kind of girl was no small task. Abraham had been away from home, from Haran, for more than 60 years. There was no record of his, his having been in contact with his relatives back there, except one brief uh, uh, little story in, in chapter 22. So, there's no guarantee that Abraham's relatives are going to allow one of their marriage-eligible daughters to marry Isaac, and if they do, to let her come home and, and, uh, with him and be uh, hundreds of miles away in Canaan. So it's, pretty, pretty, uh, it's a pretty dicey thing that we enter into. And I want us to start then. Steve, if you don't mind to read for us a pretty good portion here, start with verse 12 in 24 and read down to 21. Now that's 10 verses. I'll water your 
Okay. The servant makes the long journey. Now let's do a little bit of background. I want to look at verse 7. Okay. They really believe. Abraham believes and he's given his, his servant the task. And the servant really believes that God will guide this whole process. Look at verse 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. That's Abraham's charge to this servant. God will guide you. So the servant takes off. Um, days and days and days later, he arrives. Now, He's going to stop near a well. Going to approach a well. This is strategic. Look at verse 10 and 11. All right. The servant took, you ready for this? Ten camels from the camels of his master. He set up with a variety of good things. So he's probably got helpers with him. But he's got all kinds of produce from Canaan with him too. Laden on camels. How many? Ten. Bunch of camels. Um, to me, I, that's a, you know, what is it? That's a, is that a gaggle of camels? That's a herd of camels? I don't know. Anyway, it's a bunch of camels. Uh, okay, I should have looked that one up, shouldn't I? Okay, so uh, he, he, he has ten camels there. Um, and he rose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. Now, by the way, Nahor must have been named after Abraham's brother, Nahor, yeah. He made the camels kneel down outside the city, well, the well of water, evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. You know what he said when he came to the well. Well. <laughs> that one came with my daughter. Well. Okay, now that's what he said. Okay, so he comes to the well. Now, he stops there because he's got ten camels who've come a long way and they're probably thirsty. He also stops there for a much more important reason. Women in that culture of the day didn't talk to men outside of the family. Okay? Just wasn't done. But women often met at literally the watering hole to visit with one another. Their task, one of their tasks, was drawing water day by day. There were no plumbers in uh, in Mesopotamia, Skip, okay? 
No plumbers, Brad, there were no plumbers there. They needed both of you guys over there, but none of them there. So they went to the, they had to draw water, take it back home. So the women all kind of met there, and they would talk there, and uh, they would kind of congregate there. And so he goes there, knowing that there will be girls there. All right? There's going to be some girls there. This was strategic, okay? But look at verse 7 again. God guided him there. Abraham prayed it. If, you're, if you catch it, the servant himself stops and prays about it. Okay? So in verse 12 and 13 that Steve read, you kind of get this idea. He said, he stops there. He says, grant me success today. Now, look at verse 14. There are several girls there. Which one would be the one? Okay, this is tricky. This is tricky. So he, as he prays in verse 12 and 13 and 14, uh, especially in verse 14, there are three aspects of the servant's prayer that are really important to us. Let's, let's catch them, okay? First of all, as he prays, um, he is recognizing that I don't want to choose just any girl. I want to choose the girl. So he recognizes and he acknowledges it in his prayer to the Lord that he can't assume that the first one he meets will be the one. Not going to assume that. Now, uh, as he prays this and as he approaches and, and sets about his task, we don't know if he's talked to other girls or not. We only know that he talked to Rebecca, but we know that according to his prayer, Lord, you got to guide this because I'm not just going to pick out, you know, um, uh, let's see, that one. I mean, he's not, he's not going to do that. Um, he is going to uh, make sure that it's the right one. And so he, he devises two tests to avoid what I'm going to call here a false positive. Okay, what's a false positive? That's when the test is a little bit skewed, right? And uh, you get a positive and it really was not the thing. So he's going to, in order to do that, okay, he's going to devise two tests that he can do not much about. First test is he's going to ask the girl to give him a drink. Okay. Now, Given the fact that he's with kind of an entourage and got a bunch of camels, he's probably pretty connected. Uh, the fact that he's going to ask a girl to give him a drink is probably a bit of a no-brainer. So that, you know, it's like, okay, if she gives me a drink, but there's got to be more. And so this is a two-part test. What's the second part of the test? At her initiation, on her own, he says, it'll be the one who offers to water my camel. Now that's kind of interesting. We've got to think about that. Uh, a camel can drink 30 gallons of water at a shot. She's carrying a jar. Uh, imagine um, a, a gallon of water weighs... Um, Eight pounds, eight, eight and a third pounds. Um, 
So if she's carrying, I mean, what I had to thought, what it goes through my mind is one of these Ozarka five-gallon things, you know, that occasionally somebody will say, would you pick that up and take it from here to there? And I will say, uh-uh, because -uh. I got a bad back. But that's like 25 pounds. But wait a minute, wait a minute. That would be 40 pounds, so it would be closer to 50 pounds. What? I, you know, she certainly was tough. Who knows how much at a time? But if I did my math right, guys, Rebecca, when he meets her, offers to do this and draws 2,500 gallons of water. It's not, whoa, time out. 300 gallons of water. Sorry, Fred, you're following me and you ju I just lost you. 300 gallons of water, which would be about 2,500 pounds, which would be well over a ton of water. Okay? You catching this? He's looking for a girl who on her own will offer to do something extra. How about you? Do I just do the minimum requested? Or am I willing to do more than is asked of me? In this case, a lot more. Could I say a ton more? Could I have a drink? Yeah, let me... Let me water your candles too. Who does that? This girl does that. So, he has avoided kind of the false positive here, and he recognizes then the, the third kind of aspect of this prayer from verse 14 is that God has got to approve this. He's kind of putting out a fleece here, but he wants to be sure that his fleece is not already tainted because God has got to lead all this. By this, I will know that you have done this. Now, now if you're reading for the NIV, you're not going to catch this. But in verse 14, uh, in my Bible, it says, Now may it be that the Lord to whom I say, Please let down your jar so I may drink. And who answers, Drink and I'll water your camels also. May she be the one whom... You, capital Y, have appointed. I don't think that has that in the, it's not capitalized in the NIV, for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. This is, it's clear here that he wants to be sure that God guides this choice. And so, God does. He recognizes in verse 15 that Rebecca, okay, so did you get all that? Don't assume that the first, First is the one. Don't avoid a false positive, and the Lord must approve. Now, he recognizes, if you read the detail from verse 15, he realizes how he finds this out immediately. I don't know, or does he find it out later? But he finds out that Rebecca is from the right bloodline, okay? She is a grandniece of, of um, Abraham. She is... She is um, Abraham's grandniece. She is Nahor's granddaughter. And uh, so, okay, this kind of fits. So the, the, everything's kind of lining up here. And, um, uh, it, it, and so Rebecca enters the scene, and before long he realizes that 
this could very be, well be the girl. You know what? Here's something I want you to notice, though, as you look at verse 15. Notice the first phrase, at least in my Bible, in verse 15. Be, the, the, just the fir, that first phrase, before he finished speaking, who is he talking to? To the Lord. Give me success. Give me success. Let me choose the one that you choose. And before he got all of that out of his mouth, there's Rebecca. Does God answer prayer? Sometimes he'll blow me away with how quickly you can answer it. Sometimes I'll go back and notice I was praying about this uh, and somebody will say, you know, I got this letter today. Or somebody will say, you know, I got this news from the doctor today. Or somebody will say, you know, whatever it is. And I'll say, would you tell me when that was? It was about that time. Before he finished speaking, God is already in the process of answering. I, I find that wonderful. That is, not, um, that is not at all coincidental. And so, Rebecca enters the scene. Now, in verse 16, just look at it. Okay? A description of her. She was eligible. Somehow, the servant knew that she was unmarried. She had no ring on her finger. Uh, somehow, the servant knew that she was a maiden. I'll use that word here. It uses a different word in the Bible. Um... Could it be that she was wearing a veil? We're going to kind of see that later. There was something that identified her as a, as a lady who had never been married and never been with a man. She's cute. That's the word that goes in your blank. She's cute. Okay? She's eligible and cute. Can't beat that. And evidently strong. And a hard worker. I mean, we could add a lot of things to this, right? Eligible and cute. Eliezer strokes his beard. He says, wow. And she's cute too. Boss is going to love this. Okay. So, he moves quickly in verse 17. Um, he had come a long way for this moment. And my point here, the kind of thing I've been thinking, when God tells you to go, do you go? Or do you say, uh, give me six months and, you know, 15 fleeces and then I'll go? When God says go, do you go? Or do you say, you know, Lord, let me think about that for a while. When God says go, go. Uh, the Lord was obviously leading this. Eliezer had come a long, long way. And so... He wasn't in the mood to really wait much longer. So he seizes the moment in verse 17 and, and he moves quickly in this. Now, verse 18, let's read it again. She said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. First has passed, right? Okay. Now, 
One of the things that I can imply with it from this, I can infer from this, is that, okay, here's a girl that, despite the cultural norms, is not going to be afraid to talk to strangers. Okay? Remember that what's getting ready to happen in the next chapter of her life and for the rest of her life is that she's going to encounter all kinds of different kind of people. She's going to be in a different place. She'll be living the rest of her life with people she's never met before. And she's going to leave her homeland with nothing but a couple of servants to go with her. And the rest of the people that she's going with are people she's never met. So one of the things she's saying, one of the things that's going on here is that uh, he says, hey, ma'am, can I have a drink of water? Sure. Passes the first test. Now, in verse 19 and 20, we see the action here, and you've got to see it in your mind. Wow. She says, when she finished giving him a drink, she says, I'll draw for your camels also, till they finish drinking. So she quickly entered her jar in the trough and ran back to the well to draw on. She drew for all those camels. Guys, this could have been dozens and dozens of trips to the well and back. But she does it. He's watching. And according to verse 21, according to verse 19 and 20, without prompting, without him saying, hey, would you water my camels too? Without him asking that, without prompting, Rebecca meets the second test. And in verse 21, he just kind of watches all this for a while. He is appropriately cautious. He's testing the spirits to see if they be of God from the New Testament, that idea. Trip after trip, camel after camel. And the harder she works and the further this goes, the more he says to himself, this is her. Wow. And did I mention she's cute? Trip after trip. Man. She doesn't recruit help from somebody else. She just does it. And he watches and he studies cautiously to say, is this her? This has got to be her, Cindy. Three hundred gallons, maybe. Yeah. Till they're sat. That's a bunch. I think what the deal is here, guys, without prompting, she did more than she was asked to do. And I think that's the issue here. She was the girl who was willing to do something extra. Quite a bit extra. And, and she was cute. I've got to catch that, Charlie. That, that's kind of important to the story, I think. All right? So, okay, let's go to the next little section here. All right? Now, um, who wants to read 61 down through 67? Who, who would do that? And let me set it up and then we'll read Karen, I'll be good. Get ready for that. Now, Eleazar meets her family. He strikes a deal with them. It's going to cost him, you know, 10 camels worth of stuff. But that's kind of what he planned to do. Um, he gives her jewelry. Look at verse, um, this is interesting to me. Look at verse 22, okay? Verse 22, while she's watering his camels. When they finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half a shekel. That's about 200 bucks. 
and two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels in gold. That's 4,000 bucks. He's been to B.C. Clark. And he said, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room for us to lodge in front of this house? So, I mean, he, he's beginning to strike this deal. Now, now look at 29, okay? So he goes to her home. She invites him home. Girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban's an interesting guy. We're going to read about him again. Laban ran, ran outside of the Mount Spring. When he saw the ring and the bracelets, saw that she had been with a guy who'd been to B.C. Clark. And when he heard the words of Rebecca, his sister, saying, this is what the man said to me, he went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camel at the spring. And he said, you've got to hear Mel Brooks here. Come in, blessed of the Lord. Okay, he saw the gold. Come on in. Blessed of the Lord. Now, Karen, read what the rest of the story. Okay, we got Joe, you're going to read it? Okay. Okay, now follow me here. Give me just a couple minutes and follow me here. Rebecca's story is kind of like Abraham's. He's going to leave and go with the servant and go to meet Isaac. And it will change her life. You remember Abraham was called by God to leave home. He had a comfortable life there. She was a princess living a comfortable life where she was. Abraham went to Canaan. That would be her calling as well. Now, in verse 62 and 63... She is with this entourage of camels and with, um, with her own servants and with Eleazar, uh, Abraham's servant. And they're approaching and Isaac is living in the desert. That's Negev. That's kind of the desert area. And he's, he's living there and he looks up and he sees her and she looks at a distance and says, who's that? She sees him. She veils herself because that's the custom. So under uh, Rebecca gives the customary response here. But Isaac and Rebecca aren't the only ones who can see here. Um, they're, they're living in, Isaac is living in a place called, um, near a well, called Behir, Beer. I'm trying to remember how it's worded here. What's the second word? Roy is the last word. That Behirlahai Roy. Okay? This idea, it first comes in chapter 16. I put the reference for you there. It's when Hagar is running from the family and God meets her. And she calls him El Roy, the God who sees. And the well here is named the well of the living one who sees me. Isaac sees her coming. She sees her man in a distance. But God also sees. In fact, right here where all this takes place is in a place where it's named God sees me. 
Do you ever wonder sometimes if God knows what you're going through? This ought to be a comfort to you. He doesn't miss a trick. He never misses a single detail of your life. He is the God who sees El Roy. Now, if you look at Isaac's response in verse 66 and 67, he meets her in this arranged marriage. He marries her. They didn't cohabitate for, you know, six months or a year to make sure it'll work out. By the way, my counselor friends tell me that cohabitation for marriage is not practicing for marriage. They tell me it's practicing for divorce. So he didn't cohabitate to see if it's going to work out. But did you notice Isaac's response? He loved her. It didn't say, and here's what goes in your bottom blank. It didn't say he fell in love. A happy union may not mean falling in love. Am I I bursting your bubble here? He grew to love her. And she grew to love him. And God used that to fulfill the promise of Genesis 3.15. A happy union may not mean falling in love. I may need to grow into love instead. Now, here's my question, we'll go. Will you cooperate with God's plan for your life? Rebecca did, in more ways than one. Will you cooperate with God's plan for your life? I want you to read the next chapter. We're going to meet the boys that come from this union. And we're going to see what kind of shenanigans they get into. But I want to hang that question with you just today as we leave. Will you cooperate with God's plan for your life? It will be the greatest adventure of your life if you do. If you don't, I really can't answer for that. I'll see you next week. Thanks.